Blog Talk Radio. Bye. 
Good morning, good morning, my friends. I'm your host, Char McCain, and I'd like to welcome you to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to provide an open-minded platform. The focus on the tenant of Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all my Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie, R-Y-R-I-E, study Bible. But, of course, you can use any Bible you wish. I have had many spiritual experiences, including recently. And, you know, in gratitude, we are doing ongoing Bible readings every Sunday morning and discussions about spiritual experiences. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Very, very sorry. And uh, we're also reading out of guideposts and a couple other meditation magazines and books. And I'm just focused on just being our real selves and just getting together Sunday morning to read the Bible. Uh, the opening music was by Savi Vocal Group from the CD Neighborhood Angels. And it's a great CD if you want it. Uh, it's Native American instruments with Gregorian chanting and other kind of music uh, by Savi Vocal Ensemble. Uh, you can reach them at savae.org. And they're also on Facebook. They do live shows. So call contact Facebook for uh, when their live shows are going to be. You can also listen to them for free on YouTube. And I found the CD, Native Angels, uh, by Save, uh for sale on Amazon. Okay, the call-in number this morning is 619-924-9744. And, of course, we're here every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then for our opening prayer, let's say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trust as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I just want to welcome you once again. I'm really grateful that you're listening now and in archives. And uh, we really appreciate you so much. And uh, I love you very much. And thank you so much for tuning in this morning and just keeping a little bit of our Sunday sacred. Um, we pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide and their freedom to worship and lives are in jeopardy. And we pray for all those suffering from violence here at home and abroad. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes and freedom from addiction from all kinds. We pray for those to be free from addiction and suppression and suicidal thoughts and depression and any kind of fear. We just ask you, Heavenly Father, look over all those that are weak in spirit and that help them and uh, bless those who are helpers in this world and those who are fighting hard as soldiers overseas and also those here at home and the teachers and all the helpers and workers that are keeping this whole thing together. We pray for all of them. We pray for all those who suffer in the world including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We pray for our wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. We also pray for the wisdom of all other countries and their leaders. And we also are adding to our prayers all the problems of suffering in the whole world. And our thoughts go and prayers go out to everyone that's suffering. Thank you, God. Amen. And we ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care and learn what we have to learn. And help, and he's already given us the tools to make it work in this world. And um, we just ask that God give us the wisdom to use them wisely. And we pray for everybody and their families. And also, 
I want to wish everybody, uh, amen, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving in America coming up. This is our time where we try to share our gratitude and be grateful all week for what we have, and we do have so much. And for those who don't have enough, you know, uh, please go to your local shelters. A lot of people are are actually generating and uh, offering food up. And um, if you have, uh, just call uh, gosh, I call someone in your area, not 411, but uh, try to get city services and just have a little turkey if you don't have family near you. I'm going to pray for you that you're going to be okay anyway and have your little dinner by yourself with your angels and um, God bless you if you're alone. And um, this is just, remember, it's just, it's just all about gratitude and uh, I will be with my family. I'm very, very grateful for that. And I've been sick recently and I'm really on the mend. I'm doing a lot better. And I had a, a strange dream, you know, uh, a month ago about walking down this corridor of life, you know, and in the dream I was just tired and um, I was in pain. I have law arthritis. I have heart problems and, you know, many things like that. Yet I'm working very hard. You know, I'm not having, I haven't retired yet. And uh, my, there was this man guiding me in this dream and he was saying, just come a little further, just keep coming, keep coming. I kept complaining and whining, you know, but he said, just keep coming. He said, soon, but not yet, just keep coming. And then I, I was walking down the corridor, and then I turned around the corner, and there was heaven. It was so beautiful. I said, oh, my God, and it woke me up, and it just gave me a little peek into what's next. And if, if you or have your heart right and... uh you count your blessings, and, you know, it, it is uh, hard, I guess, in some points, I view life as being in a corridor, you know, you're neither here nor there, you're just going through, and uh, that's what it was about, but I'm still here, uh, my blood pressure is coming down little by little, and I just found out a couple things were going on, but um, I'm just going to take my medicine like I'm supposed to, and uh, just try to uh, do the best I can, and also honor God in everything I do. Okay, so last week I was went ahead and was reading everything under the sun. We were supposed to reach out to 22 today. I actually got into it last week. I read all of 21 and I ran into 22 because I got excited with the story. But uh, believe me, I never thought it would be me getting so excited on air and just trying to read the Bible straight through. So it's, it's kind of awesome. <laughs> anyway... Okay, let's read the notes from last week. Paul and Cecilia, and you know, you know, Paul's keeping on his mission no matter what. And uh, Paul actually uh, was warned to go back to Jerusalem, and, and instead he's uh, goes back to Jerusalem. And everybody was pretty excited to see him. And uh, then he visits James and the church elders, and and he's uh, actually giving the full account of the things that he did with the Gentiles in the name of Jesus. And Everybody was really thrilled, you know. But then a group tells Paul that lots of faithful Jewish Christians were here in Jerusalem and Christian and Jewish Christians who really like the Jewish roots. And the word recent that Paul's been telling his Jewish converts that they don't have to worry about the laws of Moses anymore. Anyway, he says they shouldn't circumcise their kids or obey uh, Jewish customs. So what the heck? Anyway, these folks are going to find out that Paul's in town and they start warning him that the the bad words are going around about him. And, you know, Paul stirs up the crowd as usual. He just made everybody mad. 
anyway, um, uh, some men came and helped him out and uh, pulled him away from the crowd. And uh, Paul's getting ready to go back to prison. Anyway, so let's read uh, chapter 22. And I did read some of this last week, but we we need to read it over and over again, I guess. So uh, let's just go ahead and read it. Brethren and fathers, chapter 22, Acts 22. We're all the way up to Acts 22. Brethren and fathers, hear my defense, which I now offer you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew dialect, they became even more quiet, and he said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia, but I was brought here up in the city, educated under Galamilia, and strictly according to the law of our fathers, being a zealous for God, just as you all are today. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and putting both men and women in prison. Now he's talking about the Christians now. And also, because remember Paul was Saul, and also the high priest and all the council of the elders can testify. From them I also received letters to the brethren, started off with Damascus in order to bring even those who were in Jerusalem as prisoners to be punished. But it happened that I was on my way approaching the Damascus at noontime, a very bright light. Remember he starts uh, re- revealing his story again, how he's struck with blindness because he was persecuting our Heavenly Father. A very bright light suddenly flashed from my heaven all around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice in me saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. Wow. That's so profound. And those who were with me saw the light, and to be sure, but they did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, shall I, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Get up and go on to Damascus, and there you be told all that has been appointed for you to do. But since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand to those who were with me and came to Damascus. A certain Ananias, a man who was devout in the standard of the law and well spoken of by all Jews who lived there, came to me and standing near me said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very time I looked up at him. See, Jesus uses everybody. And he said, The God of your fa- our fathers has appointed you to, to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear the utterance from his mouth. For you will be witness to him of all men that you have seen and heard. Can you imagine that, that, that Saul, who was becoming Paul, has heard the voice of Jesus. For you will be a witness of men to of him to all men of what you have seen and heard. Now why do you delay? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. What a beautiful verse. If we should ask each other when we're in trouble like this, now why do you delay? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. It happened that I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple and I fell into a trance. And I saw him saying to me, Make haste, get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves understand that one synagogue after another, I used to imprison and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood... Now he's having a discourse with our Heavenly Father. Wow. And when the blood of your witness Stephen was being shed, I also... We're standing by by approving when our poor remember poor Stephen was um, was the first to be crucified. Let's read that again. And when the blood of poor your poor witness Stephen was being 
shed, I also stood by approving, watching out for the coats of those who were killing him. Wow. And when he said to me, go, and I will send you far away to the Gentiles, they listened to him up to this statement, and then they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were crying out and throwing off their cloaks and tossing dust in the air, the commander ordered him to be brought to the barracks and stating that he should be examined by scourging so that he might find out the reason they were shouting against him that way. See, they will beat him until they find out uh, why they're accusing him. Interesting. Anyway, and when they stretched out with the thongs, and those are that, that whip, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and told him, saying, what are, what are you about to do? For this man is a Roman. And the commander came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman? And he said, Yes. And the commander uh, answered, I acquired the citizenship with a large sum of money. And Paul said, But I was actually born a citizen. Therefore, those who were about to examine him immediately let go of him. And the commander also was afraid that he found out that he was a Roman and because he had put him in chains. And then Paul was brought before the Sanhedrin. But on that day, wishing to know for certain why he had been accused by the Jews, he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the council to assemble and brought Paul down and set him before him. So next week, of course, we'll be going on to Acts chapter 23. So let's go back and read the note. Let's see. Do not understand the voice. They did not hear or understand the voice However, it states that they did hear a voice, but they could not. It said this should be translated as sound because the verb is not followed by a genitive. Anyway, this this is uh, the Ryrie study notes. So he is an excellent, uh, uh, Dr. Ryrie is an awesome uh, interpreter of the Bible. So um, that's why I really do love these notes. There is no, there is no contradiction in, in the way this sound is that they didn't, that they did not hear the sound of uh, Jesus' voice. They saw the light, though, but they didn't hear the voice. Only uh, Paul saw, slash law saw it. Okay, it's now 22.16. Having risen, he be baptized and washed away your sins. Having called on the name of the Lord, baptism does not, does not wash away sins. Okay, having risen, be baptized and wash away your sins. And having called on the name of the Lord. I guess he's talking about technicality is that be baptized and then wash away your sins. I get it. Okay, so 22:23, the reference to the Gentiles joined with Paul's claiming a divine commission set the mob off again. So, you know, I guess he, they were listening to him half the time going crazy the other half of the time. I mean, Paul was scourged with a whip of leather thongs and the tips were embedded with metal or bone pieces. And also our Heavenly Father Jesus Christ was scourged this way. And then 2228, a large sum. The reign of Claudius, contemporaneous with these events, so we're talking about Claudius, Roman citizenship could be purchased for what would be a princely sum for a soldier. Somehow Paul's parents had earned Roman citizenship before Paul's birth, which was all divine, supposed to be. And then we're going to talk about the council. The council is the Sanhedrin. Somehow the Sanhedrin had interposed itself so that Paul's case could not get di- get directly and immediately referred to the Roman governor of Caesarea. So what we're going to do, we're going to, before I start reading chapters and chapters way ahead of time, we're going to uh, close here the Bible now, 
And thank you, God, for bringing this word to us. And, and we're really happy to have the word of God with us. Thank you, God. Amen. And then um, we're going to actually read chapter 23 next week. And then I have a couple little meditations. And uh, let's see, we're going to read you the guidepost. So my meditation for today is the Christian Meditations for Recovering People. Because so as you know, and as I've talked about before, that I am blessed by the grace of God with 33 years of sobriety and 31 years off smoking, and I'm very uh, happy about this. So I've spent a lifetime, you know, all my lifetime as an adult in recovery, and I actually work as a forensic counselor, which I help other uh, criminals that are uh, imprisoned to actually be in recovery also. I'm trying my best to help others. So anyway, let's read uh, for November, let's see, 22nd. Let the word of the Christ deal in you richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Because remember, our, we are Gratitude Week. Thanksgiving is coming up. We should be gratitude, have gratefulness all the time. It will help all, you know, every day go better. You know, and we're specifically focused this week on gratitude too. As children, we experienced the dizziness of being twirled and twirled around and around until we fell down. Knowing how fast we can lose our equilibrium, it is amazing to watch a dancer do endless twirling pirouettes without falling or stumbling. What keeps a dancer's head clear in such a long, of long twirls is a technique called spotting. Concentrating on one spot with each spin enables a dancer to remain steady and balanced. Sometimes life doesn't let us dance or even move. One such immobilized person said this, I have an island in the palm of my hand, shaped like an almond. My island represents my life inside, which is full, free, and lovely. I treasure my island. When I look in my hand, I see what my old freedom was like, and that I could move my body, and that is beautiful to remember. But I also see the new strange freedom I find in my mind and soul. When I look at my island, I see everything right. I see God. While strapped helpless to her bed, this woman allowed her experience to make her not crush her. Why? Because she found God in her hand. She found God deep inside her soul, even with her. The spot she saw was a spotlight to God within. Whenever we get dizzy or fall down or have to stay down, we can look for our spot, our light within our guide, guard, and greet us. That place is God's dwelling place inside. My Lord, please help me always look for you and see you in all circumstances. Amen. How beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so I'm going to read a spirit, woman's spirits today also. So let's see. I'm missing these being on my desk because I read them at work, so I might have to bring them back to my desk in my office at work. Okay. It's a long trip to serenity. I better start right now by Joe Clark. Serenity often comes easiest when the search for it has ended. Letting go and letting God works. What's so appealing about serenity? After all, most of us liked living on the edge before we got sober. Thrill-seeking was a favorite sport or pastime. We don't have to renounce excitement to desire serenity, but that's how it feels at first. It's possible, too, that we may not recognize serenity It's on its first visit, get for boredom, but the ease of our lives, after we grow accustomed to it, makes the serenity as sought after as excitement used to be. Serenity allows us to appreciate more fully every aspect of our journey. 
each person we encounter, every situation that calls to us, gets far more of our attention when we are calm, quiet, and focused. Only with the gift of serenity can we be all three. Being serene is worth the effort when we let our higher power do the work of living. It's very beautiful. And then, let me see if I could just read a little story from our guidepost. Let me find a story. As you know, I, I go through this random, randomly and just start taking a story and reading it. And it's all very meaningful to us. Okay. Thanksgiving with the homeless. Oh, boy. Thank you, God. This is just our topic. How strange. Anyway, Thanksgiving with the Homeless by Linda Nair King, Walnut Creek, California. I know God never makes a mistake. It was always a coincidence. Anyway, on to the Thanksgiving story. This seems more like an April Fool's Day than Thanksgiving. I was right in the middle of a kind of bizarre mix-up that could only happen to me. Just a few hours earlier, I had been pretty smug about my Thanksgiving plans. Originally, I had nowhere to go. My family was... 3,000 miles away, and I hadn't made any friends here yet in San Francisco. But then I had a bright idea. A quick phone call to a downtown soup kitchen, and suddenly I had something important and useful to do. More useful, noble. When a co-worker ex- extended an invitation for me to dine with her family, I didn't succeed at keeping smugness out of my voice. I said, no, I decided to do something useful this year. After I explained, she seemed impressed, and she should, I thought. I was pretty impressed with myself. I awoke at 6 o'clock on Thanksgiving morning, eager to get to the city. I didn't envy the families I rode on the train with who were chattering and admiring one another's color-coordinating outfits. One day, I would have friends here, too, but this year's plan, my jeans and T-shirt were appropriate. After all, I was on my way to do good work, not enjoy a party. When I arrived at the shelter, I wasn't surprised by all the people lined up. Year after year, safe in the cozy confines of my family's living room, I had seen the pictures on the TV news, hordes of people at long tables, squalling children, and toothless old men. I looked around to see where I was supposed to go. In an alley, scores of people were standing in clusters under an oak tech sign reading, Volunteers, please wait here. I made my way over alongside other volunteers, surprised so many were willing to do a good turn. Apparently, the man holding the clipboard was surprised, too. So he stumbled over his words as he said, I'm it, er, folks, uh... This has never happened before, but we have way too many volunteers. We usually get 50, the 50 we need, never get the 50 we need, so we all had all the radio stations mentioned it this year. Now we have 200, no place to put y'all, even in double shifts, he grinned. Just to remind you, we could sorely use your help the rest of the year. Then Ed added, but today you good people get a reprieve. So would you like to thank you all for coming and wish you a happy Thanksgiving? God bless you. A surprised murmur ran through the crowd. Everyone besides me seemed delighted to be able to leave. That's great news, the red-cheeked man in front of me said to his pal. Now I can go over my sister's. Vicky always claims me she doesn't see enough of me. A woman was thrilled to be going to her cousin's. Sarah told me to drop in any time. The kids would be tickled with my surprise visit. My stomach felt hollow as I realized I didn't know anyone in town well enough to show up the last minute. Here I am, after all. Just then, Ed called out, All you volunteers are welcome to join us for lunch, of course. I shuddered as the other left. Obviously, he meant it to me, or I wasn't funny. The, I only, my only contact I'd ever had with homeless people was when I had occasionally and gingerly handed one a quarter in the street. I had no desire to deal with them without the plastic barrier 
the one that separated me and the food from them between us. But then I finally turned to leave. I couldn't. I had waited too long. When Ed opened the gates, the people swarmed into the narrow corridor. The line surged forward and turned into a crowd with me somehow in the midst of it. I was carried inside. I don't belong here, I cried to the burly man behind me. He shrugged. Who does? No, I insisted. i got to get out. But all, all I succeeded in doing was moving back about a dozen feet. The line just kept on coming, taking up every available inch in that corridor. The corridor. Eventually, I was swept up in the counter where the food was served. I'm a volunteer, too, I said, as I accepted two slices of turkey from the woman behind the plexiglass partition, separating us from the food. I mean, I don't belong in this line. There are too many of us. We merely dumped a dollop of sweet potatoes and a tiny pleated cup of jelly, of cranberry jelly on my paper plate. Happy Thanksgiving. Next, she barked. I moved along. I'm a volunteer, too, I told the man behind the counter as he handed me a plastic cup of apple juice and a corn muffin. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you, darling, he said. Defeated, I slowly made my way toward a long aluminum table covered with a thin paper tablecloth. I settled into one of the empty seats, too tired and discouraged to leave, but not wanting to have any of these people get too close. A man sat down opposite of me, stuck out his hand and shook mine. I'm Fred, he told me. I'm an alcoholic, he added, going on to say that he was now on the road back. That's nice, I said. I suppose I was supposed to volunteer here. Oh, he stays so, and he turned to the man next to him. A pregnant woman, somehow managing to hold a toddler as well as two plates of food, slid into the thin seat and smiled at me warmly. It's nice to sit down, she said. You know how it is. This is the first time I've been able to eat in peace in two days. I'll feed your son, I offered. Oh, would you? That's so kind. Well, actually, I'm a volunteer. It's kind of my job. Oh, she, her face clouded. She ate quietly, not saying anything else. Only the other people at the table were a father and a son, a man with a tank top with a rip in the side, along with a boy with a blonde cow look and missing front tooth. They bowed their heads briefly, and I averted my eyes. I watched them as I picked my crumbling corn muffin. The turkey was dry, and the room smelled terrible, like my junior high lunchroom. I heard the boy say, Daddy, Mom, I like this food. And the father smiled in the exuberance. Don't eat too fast, son. He looked forward to me and said, explanation, it's been a while since I could afford to give him a good meal like this one, you know. I'm a, I'm a volunteer, I said quickly. His father's face went bright red, and there was an awkwardness in the air. Unaware of it, the boy chimed in helpfully. We got a volunteer in our class at school. She sits right down to our table next to us in school. You know, she teaches us better than our teacher, because she's right at the same table, he repeated, not way up in the front of the room. He smiled and jabbed his plastic fork and his sweet potatoes and ate them with gusto. I stared at the boy, amazed that he had put his finger right on the heart of the matter. I had been so busy looking for differences between me and everyone else, I was acting as if they were separate species. But were they so different? Hadn't I had bad relationships? Hadn't I had job problems? Didn't I have friends who were recovering alcoholics? And what about my... I can't even believe I'm reading this. But anyway... And what about my 20-year-old niece, who was already a parent as a toddler and with a toddler and infant? Was this woman in the shelter less worthy just because she couldn't live in a suburban home? Thoughtfully, I finished my corn muffin. By the time I left, I spoke with Fred, Dave, and Ella, my table mates, along with Donald and Fred of the children. And then the crowd thinned considerably. I was able to make my way through the hall easily. Once outside, I blinked in the bright sun. Then I cringed when I saw this 
TV newscaster poking his microphone in the faces of several people in line. What do you think these people are? Animals in a zoo? I stopped dead in my tracks, having to smile at my own indignation. I had been feeling superior, too, believing I was better than the people I was volunteering to help. Then I had just been thrust into this odd situation of having lunch with them, only to discover we weren't so different after all. The only barrier separating us had been the one I erected myself, my unwillingness to see these people as they were people. That was when, caught deep in thought, I bumped directly into one of the newspaper reporters. Holding a pen in his notepad in his hand, he asked me, How was your meal? I considered the question and surprised myself with my answer. The food was a traditional Thanksgiving dinner, I said. Part of the meal was talking with really nice people I shared it with. Amen. What a great story. I want to thank you so much for listening this morning, and God bless you all in every way uh, that you may have a blessed and wonderful Thanksgiving with your family, without your family, um, wherever, just uh, do the best you can or make your little meal and have a little light a little candle and uh, have it sacred by yourself. And I'll be with you in spirit, and may God bless and keep you, everyone. I wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, a happy birthdays and anniversaries and anything you're celebrating this week, just give praise to God. And uh, let's close with a moment meditation of those who are out there are still suffering with our traditional prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. In closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms so that you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Remember, you're never alone. God loves you so much and all his angels watch over you. May your best dreams come true and true love live in your heart. Remember to come here next week, 11 a.m., and we'll do this again. And I just want to thank you so much for being here and you have blessed me by listening today and helping me not to feel so alone either. God bless you. Amen.